Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Chris. We love film reboots. Uh, maybe some of them. I find your lack of faith disturbing. We love reboots so much, we decided to make a podcast about them. You can do it! Every week, we'll dive into a different film and its reboot. We'll talk about the pros and the cons. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. And at the end, we'll decide if the reboot holds up. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is the Reboot Rewind. And welcome to the Reboot Rewind. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. Another week, another movie, another uh, great conversation I'm looking forward to. Uh, Jordan, how about you? Me too, man. I am. I am. Uh, this is going to be an interesting topic because um, this is my first. Well, actually, you know what? I did. I've seen the original Mad Max years ago, but I have no recollection of it. And uh, now with this one, with the new one, I saw it when it came out. But you know what? I'm going to leave my thoughts in a moment. But yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about these two movies. Just so just in case the audience is wondering, we're going to be talking about Mad Max this, this week. The one that came out in 1979. And then there the one that came out. Technically, it's Mad Max Fury, Fury Road, which is technically a sequel. But because it's a different cast, we're considering it a reboot. That one came out in 2015. Uh, so as always, we're going to start the first half of the show discussing the first movie. So, uh, Jordan, what did you think about Mad Max, the 1979, 1979 version? You know what's funny, Chris? Um, a lot of people in the film fam community happen to love this franchise. This is a apparently this is a beloved franchise. A lot of people love uh, these movies. I myself am not a fan of this first film. This first film did not do it for me. Uh, I was completely bored throughout the entire film. I didn't care for any of the actors, especially Mel Gibson. He was wooden as wood can be. I couldn't care for the love interest. I didn't care for the villain. I didn't care for the story. This movie was utterly disappointing. I don't know how you feel about this original film, but I I am not this movie did not do it for me. I don't know about you, but uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the original Mad Max film? So I, I at this point, I'd already I'd already seen uh, Mad Max uh, Fury Road uh, a couple of times. Right. And so this is my first time watching the original. So over the weekend, I texted you. I said, hey, um, are we watching the same version with Mel Gibson? And you're like, yeah, the one that came out in 1979. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll explain why I asked you that question. And now here we are. So I was I was imagining the original being very much like the one that came out in 2015, very post apocalyptic, all these all this action, like, you know, I, you know, the cars they were able to use in both versions. But I, I mean, I agree. I think it was such a like a bland film. It was just. Like there are certain scenes that went on for too long. It was there were points that were just too quiet. Uh, it was just like an awkward film to watch. Uh, I did not like it. I do have a good story that I literally learned yesterday about how Mel Gibson got that role. Allegedly, uh, it's a good story. Uh, but yeah, I did not was not a fan of this movie whatsoever. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that because same thing with me. My first introduction to Mad Max is Mad Max Fury Road. This original film was radically different. Radically different. There is there are some elements that are similar, but like I said, this new movie is definitely a reboot. The original this has nothing to do. The thing is I've never seen 2 and 3. 
So maybe because technically the new film is a is part four, essentially. But this is a brand new cast. So this was so disappointing. Oh, my goodness. I hate I, honestly, I think I hated this movie. OK, so here's a here's a question I love asking you every week. Did you rent this movie? Did you find it somewhere that was streaming? Believe it or not, I found this on Amazon Prime and it was free, baby. It was Thank free, God. baby. I'm so happy. I would have I would have. I would have been as upset for you. Oh, if you my paid God. For this movie. And you know, what's funny. Like when you look up the Rotten Tomatoes critic rating, apparently this is, this is a beloved film. It holds like like a 97 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It has a pretty big fan base. I mean, not like a big enough fan base like Star Wars or Star Trek or Lord of the Rings. Nothing like that. But people who are into film love this franchise, especially the original three films, even the fourth film. But this this film is painful. And, and honestly, I'm so glad I watched it in uh, subtitles because the Australian accents, this may sound really messed up, but the accents were so heavy. I'm so glad I watched it with subtitles. It was painful. I had the same exact thought. And when I was and to be and like, maybe this isn't just me not knowing this. I didn't know Mel Gibson was Australian until yesterday. I, I thought he was American. So which is which is why I was like, why is Mel Gibson in this movie? And I'll, and I'll tell you that story in a second. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It was really difficult to understand what they were saying a lot of the time. It was nice using the, the subtitles because those always help. But yeah, are you? Do you want to hear the story of how he allegedly got the role? Absolutely, please do tell. I want to hear this now. <laughs> so his friend at the time was the one actually auditioning for the role of of Max. Apparently, what happened was the night before, both he, Mel Gibson, and his friend go to a bar in in Australia. Uh, and Mel Gibson gets into a fight. Like his face is just like screwed up as far as as bad as, you can, as one can get without causing permanent damage. So the next day, uh, Mel uh, goes with his friend to the audition, and his friend is dressed all nicely, like has a suit on, and he's like ready to go. His actor is ready to go for this role, and the casting director apparently looks over and sees. Mel Gibson and he's his face is all screwed up and she's and they go that's Max <laughs> that right there is Max now the best part about this is he ends obviously got the role but then when he comes back to f- shoot the film obviously his face is healed because it's, it's it's now been some, been some time so now the cast they're all like what what happened what happened to your face but i learned that from my friend veronique uh who is a co-host on the grumble goat po- podcast that was a fun fact i learned from her so thank you veronique but yeah i think that was kind of cool that is really fascinating i had no idea like you said before i had no clue that mel gibson was australian i i for my whole entire life watching movies like Lethal Weapon, I'm thinking this whole time he's he's an American man. I had no clue he was from Australia. Same thing with the, with yeah, it's, just, it's an Australian film. I, I had no idea for a very very long time. Yeah, and let's 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 give some uh, some information around the film. So this film came out in 1979. It was directed by George Miller. Screenplay by James McLaughlin and George Miller. Stars Mel Gibson as Max Rutansky, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Joanne Samuel as, as Jesse Rutansky, who's essentially his wife. Hugh Keys Byrne as Toe Cutter, which is the, the villain in the film. Steve Bisley uh, as Jim Raines. So now that we're talking about characters, I know we, you kind of touched on this, but what was your overall thoughts on the character relationships? Uh, I mean... 
to be honest, this whole entire film, this experience with Mad Max, I feel like I really didn't get a chance to know him other than that he's a vigilante type of character. He's like a well, he's a police officer as well. I I started to get a lot of Blade Runner vibes. I don't know why Blade Runner just kept going into my head for some reason. Like I said before, prior the relationship with him and his wife, I could care less i i didn't feel that dynamic they started doing sign language and that was weird and i was just like it didn't feel organic it just felt so forced um it was nice that they have a baby together that was really sweet and the third act of the film that was pretty wild i will give him that the third act was pretty was pretty intense uh even like the even uh some of the characters like uh toe cutter i didn't find him threatening i didn't find him uh, i didn't care for his motive i mean i i get it he wanted to you know, create chaos and terrorize the city because of the death of uh, his uh, original. Uh, no, what was it? Oh, oh, his friend Knight Rider. And every time I, I kept hearing the name Knight Rider, I kept thinking of David Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah, with Kit. That's every single time I kept hearing Knight Rider, and he was a whack. I was a whack job. He kept screaming and yelling, going. Rah, rah. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Like the character is so weird. Have you seen uh, Warriors? What is it called? It's called Warriors. The Warriors. Like it's uh, really it's. Oh, with, with Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, no. It's, it's, it's this. This is. Yeah, it came out in like, the 70s. Um, You have to watch it. It's an amazing movie. But basically it follows gangs in, in New York City, like not like they're fictional gangs. That villain, Toe Cutter, reminded me so much of the Warriors. Just like there's at the end, the end of the film, there is this guy who uh, is in a car and he puts Coke bottles on his fingers and starts just like clanking them on the car oh. and just, warriors, <laughs> warriors. Oh, yeah and he, he reminds me of that guy toe cutter reminds me of, of that guy from the warriors it was just like a weird thing that popped into my head that's hilarious um, but yeah but i agree i think he was he wasn't very threatening what's funny is that and i won't spoil it but he's gonna make he's gonna we're gonna be talking about toe cutter for you know even the next segment oh yeah i think i know what you're talking about i think i know what you're talking about I think they could have been done a better job. I, so let's talk about the, the story slash plot at this point. I consider this basically a normal day in Australia. But so this film takes place in the movie quotes many years from now. Um, at this point in time, uh, the Earth's resources are essentially gone. There is no gasoline left or very little of it. There's very little water. So any any natural resource is either completely gone or is almost gone and hey not too not too far from where we are now so at this point um our our main character max is uh their version of a it's a, i guess he's a cop and his job is to patrol the streets in a really fast cop car and try to prevent crime that's how the movie pretty much opens so this entire film as jordan uh touched on is toe cutter essentially wreaking havoc because his good friend slash mentor Knight Rider uh, was killed by uh, the the police in this in this movie. Well, Max, yeah. Well, Max, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not really up until so yeah. Basically, the entire film is uh, Toker trying to get revenge because of of this killing, and towards the end, and I don't think like the penultimate moment does not happen until his what happens to his wife. I think that's like the biggest like, kind of break in the film. But I think it, it came way too late 
in the movie. It came way too late. I was expecting that to happen like act one. And then the rest of the movie would have just been Max going on, on, a, on a rampage. But yeah, like the main, the, the biggest problem for Max is his wife gets killed. You know, she gets run over by, by more, by more uh, motorcycles. And, but that, that's at that point, there's only like 20 minutes left in the film. And I don't know how you felt about the ending, but it was very unsatisfying. Very, it was just, it felt just so abrupt. Yeah, yeah, wait, hold on. Um, to, oh, yeah, Toe Cutter's the guy, with, yeah, he's the villain with the white hair. He got yeah. away, he had to wait, he got away at the end, right? They, they, they didn't kill my, him. Yeah, so that yeah, was, yeah. That was gonna be my question, too. I didn't see him die. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I'm just like, wait a minute, this man just killed your wife. And you killed everyone else. He killed that, that other guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he killed, literally, literally killed everyone else. And Toe Cutter g- goes goes free, right? So, oh, I just I just had a theory. What happened? Um, well, it, it it pertains to this the, the next segments, but okay, like okay. I'm excited about this. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like it's the it just the ending was very abrupt. I, I you know it wasn't satisfying. When it when when it hit when it went to credits, I'm like that was it, <laughs> and, and and not in the not in the way of oh like it was too short because I think I feel like it could, it could have been shorter, but more like I just I didn't feel fulfilled yeah at all towards the end it was just like all right this I just wasted an, almost two hours of my life watching this. <laughs> Yeah, that was very well said, man. It was so well said because, yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it felt so abrupt near the end. I, I didn't feel any type of pain or nothing. I was just like, wait, that's it? That's yeah, oh, Okay, he finds one of uh, Toe Cutter's homeboys. He takes a, a handcuff. He uh, locks him up on on a, a car that's leaking of uh, gasoline and he kills him. Yippee. But I, I felt it honestly, it's imagine watching a, a Batman movie and I don't know, uh, you know, Joker gets away in, in the end and then he just kills a regular henchman. You're like, OK, like that was the, that was your climactic, amazing moment in the movie. That was it. That was terrible. It was awful. I don't know why people like this movie. I, I don't get it. I certainly do not get it. That moment where where his wife gets run over uh, should have been really the main problem of the film. That should have happened way earlier. Oh yeah, to make that the main issue, and then have the whole film be, be nothing but action with Max going and hunting people down. But that's not what we got. Yeah, <laughs> we got you know uh, the the driving Miss Daisy of 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 Mad Max films. <laughs> I completely agree. Like, all right, like so, are there any things that we that we enjoyed about this movie? Anything in particular? Any highlights? I will say that the the benefit of any original film that isn't good <laughs> is that it sets up for films that are good. So I will give this to credit that this is this is the film that started it all, right? And you know, we'll talk about uh, Fury Road next, but you know, whether you you like this film or hate this film. Every film franchise starts somewhere. Every film franchise is going to have that misstep. Unfortunately for this film franchise, the misstep was the first film. But as we can see, it's, you know, clearly there are people who like this film. They've made multiple sequels. And, you know, even though, like, yeah, I didn't like this movie, uh, I I borderline hated it. (laughs) But I I wouldn't go that far. But I borderline hated it. You have to watch it if you want to watch, if you want to see the other ones, because it makes more sense 
that way because Mel, Mel Gibson is in the other the two following them. I think it's uh, Mad Max Two, Thunder Road, uh, and then I think just Mad Max Three or something. It's like Beyond a Thunderdome or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but you know, I, I will give the movie credit. It does start off pretty strong, even though I hated uh, Knight Rider. He was annoying. He was just so and he, I, I can't I couldn't stand him. And um, I, I dug some of the driving sequences. I mean, I mean, it did look pretty good, especially for 1979. I'll, I'll give him that. It, it did look nice for what it was. That one sequence was very disturbing uh, when the what, what was the name of the gang? I can't remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Toe Cutters uh, biker gang. They started breaking into that couple's car. And you know what happened. They, they pretty much they raped destroyed them. that car. Yeah. yeah. They destroyed them and that. that oh, my God. That, that scene was, was hard to watch. Yeah. That was painful. I was like, whoo, this is this is really, really hard to watch. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Have you seen uh, Clockwork Orange? That, oh, yeah. Years ago. <laughs> so I, I've seen that film a couple of times and I was I felt more cringe by by Mad Max that scene with the with the car. No than way. I did watching uh, the the. The rape scene in the Clockwork Orange. Oh, oh, the, oh, yeah, that was bad too. Yeah, and that's saying something because it's a lot worse than the Clockwork Orange. But there's something about the way it's done in Mad Max that was just kind of like, it was a bit, it was too disturbing it, it for felt, me. For me, felt, yeah, it felt a little bit too real. Yeah, that whole sequence. Uh, I mean, it was besides them pulling them out the car. Like, it, I mean, the thing is, there's no CGI, but it it was done pretty well when they were breaking, you know, when they were uh, destroying the car. But for some reason, hearing her screaming and the yelling and screaming was traumatizing. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll give it props. It felt real, but it was it felt a little bit too real, especially for a movie like Mad Max. Because it's I feel like Mad Max is meant to be one of those films that are just kind of like, yeah, they're, it's serious, but it's also meant to be to be a fun movie. Right. And it's, it's even just based on how much action you're we're supposed to get. Uh, you're supposed to go and see this film and. and have a good time that's what these kind of action films are meant for and this one just doesn't deliver on that there's there's nothing to be excited about whatsoever yeah and not even i mean this is this is mel gibson this is mel gibson in his pretty much his prime he's young he's probably in his early 30s this is before lethal weapon he's supposed to be badass and i didn't even find him cool I mean, he his, he had a nice jacket. Oh, I, I will I will give him this that one sequence near the end where Mad where Mad Max gets shot in the leg, and he's like limping. That 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 was done very well. I'll, I'll give him that. And when the two motorcycles are getting ready to run over his arm, that was pretty intense. I was like, oh shoot, I really thought they. But obviously, he doesn't lose his arm. But but still, uh, it's in that moment, I was like, wow, that was really really intense. I'll I'll, I'll give him that. There were certain scenes that were really well shot. Like I'll give the cinematography, the cinematographer credit. There are a lot, a lot of the film was really well shot, especially the car scenes. Like I think they, those are really nicely shot. If I, t- if you take the story out of of the like this element and we just discuss straight up camera angles, like I thought the movie in terms of the way it was shot did a really great job. It was visually for its time a nice film to look at. Nice colors, uh, you know. You didn't see grays and blacks it was pretty vibrant the cars were very vibrant in color if i if i were to give this a positive it would be around the cinematography and the color correction yeah oh I, I yeah i definitely agree with that you know what, what was a bit jarring in the beginning the opening credits uh, the opening credits like just the actual credits after some reason i was thinking of psycho for some reason i don't know why like the music sounded like psycho the opening credits gave me ocd because when you watch a movie these days, for the most part, 
there is a rhythm and a structure to the titles, right? There's a certain theme. In Mad Max, there's there's no theme. Like names just pop up on the screen, like you know old pop ups on on a, on a Windows machine in the '90s, just popping up everywhere. Uh, there is no structure to these names in the opening credits, and I was watching just like kind of like freaking out because I expect to see the name somewhere on the screen, not like in the corner that's almost like almost cut off from the screen. Uh, it was it was really weird for me too. So I, I yeah I I feel you on that. Yeah, it looked it looked terrible, and uh, I felt like I was watching something on like Microsoft Paint. Like it looked awful, but the music I didn't like either. The music sounded terrible. It sounded like a horror movie. But then apparently, the uh, composer is uh, the person's name is uh, Brian May. He's a Australian composer, Australian composer, of course, and um, he did a few horror movies. He did a. Uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday, uh, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. And he also did uh, a nightmare on Elm street. Uh, no, uh, uh Freddy Krueger. I don't know why I think about Chucky. Oh, did you hear that? They're Chucky's getting a show. Apparently they're doing yeah. like a series. Yeah. On sci-fi. I'm so excited just to watch that. Yeah. Anyway. So I think this is probably a good time for a break. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, move on to Mad Max Fury Road after this. Uh, but we do want to get a word from our sponsor, but we will be right back on the reboot rewind. Is your company's IT relationship complicated? Well, the team at Advisory Solutions can help. Advisory believes that IT strategy is business strategy. And with over 15 years of experience, whether you're looking for help on a project or full-on IT managed services, Advisory is your one-stop shop. To learn more, visit www.advisory.nyc or email getintouch at advisory.nyc. And thank you to our sponsor for that very nice word. And Jordan, we are back on the Reboot Rewind. Yeah, okay, man. I'm really excited to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, boy. This is going to be a lot Oof. of fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I guess let's give some of the facts first, and then we can go into our, our first uh, impressions. Mad Max Fury Road came out in 2015. This one was also directed by George Miller. It was written by George Miller, Brendan McCarthy, and Nico Lotharis. Uh, the studio, Warner Brothers. Uh, it stars Tom Hardy as Max Rokotansky, Charlize Theron as Furiosa, uh, Nicholas Holt as Nux, and Hugh Keysburn as Immortan Joe. Now, you may recognize that name we just gave. From the first segment. So Hugh Keysburn plays Toe Cutter in the first Mad Max film. Then he comes back and plays Immortan Joe in uh, 20, in 2015. So I have a weird theory. Do you think and there's any possible way that Toe Cutter and Immortan Joe are the same person? And like Immortan Joe is just like the older version? You know, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because Yesterday, when I was watching Mad Max Fury Road, for some strange reason, I'd even look at the cast for some strange reason. I'm watching the movie saying, wait a minute. I don't know why. Like, maybe this is like a this is like a either a huge coincidence. But for some reason, why does Toe Cutter and and Morton Joe have that similar white hair? Like, like for some reason, their hairstyle looked very, looked very similar, very eerie. And uh, I, I did draw that comparison. But then when I looked through the cast i was like oh wait a minute 
this is the same actor, but I didn't think that they're the same character. Yeah, right. I, I think it, it, it would be kind of cool if they were to do that, like, because in the first film, you, you don't know his real name, which is Toe Cutter. Right. His name could be Joe. Right. Who knows? But yeah, I don't think it's the same character, but it would be kind of cool for it to be uh, the same guy. It would but, be cool. But the thing is, he also I mean, the thing is, we don't even know if he died in two or three. Maybe he, he reprised his role. So that's that a good a point. To do with too. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did not watch those uh, because we, we didn't have to. And I really didn't want to after watching the first one. Honestly. Ugh. Yeah. But. So let's talk about first impressions. Uh, Jordan, what did you overall think about uh, Mad Max Fury Road? This may be a bit of a surprise to you, but I have mixed reactions for this movie. This movie, for me personally, I don't know if this movie is absolutely amazing or absolutely terrible. I, for some reason, I, I did, I think I liked it. I don't know if I loved it. The, first of all, the number one thing that I loved is the cinematography. This is one of the most gorgeous looking movies I have ever seen in my life. The color correction, the cinematography, the way it was shot. For some reason, it, it felt like like it felt like same thing going back to uh, Blade Runner. It felt lived in, it felt dirty. It felt disgusting and gross. Everything about it looked beautiful. But I could be lying to you at times. I was a bit lost a little bit. I was like, this is what's happening again. Like, this is kind of weird. Like for some reason I was like, wait a minute, should I have watched part two, part two and three? Like, are there some sort of a connection? Because this one just drops you in right into the action. And you know what it is? You know what it reminds me of? You know, when you're having a discussion with a friend and you tell that person, you know what? I didn't like this movie. And they always, and this is what, this is one of the number one things they say. They go, Oh, well, you didn't like it because you didn't understand it. I was a little confused. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, wait, what's happening? It's, it's, a little, it's a little bit confusing. For me, it was. I don't know about for you, but um, it's one of those movies that I got to watch again. I saw it years ago, and I really wasn't paying attention. I think I was just so immersed in the overall visuals. Like Apparently, uh, George Miller is a visual storyteller like Zack Snyder, but... I, I I think I liked it. I, I don't I don't I didn't love it, but it was one of the strangest movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Chris, what about you? What did you think about Mad Max Fury Road? I will never tell you that you didn't like the film because you didn't understand it, because I think that sounds pretentious. And because honestly, any director who wants to get their film widely adopted or seen needs to think about does this make sense to the average person? <laughs> right. Like, do I have to think of do I have to concentrate too hard to understand what's happening rather than actually enjoying the film. I think the fact that you are saying you have to rewatch it means that there are, there are some issues, right? There's some issues with the story issues with understanding what's going with, like what the progression of the story is. Um, I only know, I only know what happened because I saw it like previously. And then I remembered has seen it and I use the subtitles. Right. So I will say that I liked it. The best thing about the film was visually, it was visually stunning. It was beautiful, right? Like every scene, you know, every close-up shot, the way that the the, the the cars, like it was a really amazingly shot, color-corrected film. But it's not 
like my cup of tea. It's like not something I'm really into. And like I'm typically I'm into sci-fi stuff, but Mad Max was just never really my thing. Right. So like we watched these films and I watched it and I was trying to be objective about it. But I overall, I'm just not a Mad Max fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I thought it was just me because I don't know if you remember, but this movie was getting praised. Everyone was was loving this movie. It's gorgeous. I'll like, give it's, it that. It's beautiful to look at. Like this, like, oh my God, it was stunning. Like, I'll give it props. The third act was amazing. The third act, like, I was, my jaw was dropped from like, like, just like you watch those cartoon characters, like a Tex Avery cartoon. Like, I, my eyes was popping out of my skull. I couldn't believe how amazingly shot that was. I'll give it props for the way it looks, the way it was shot. But something about the story wasn't very interesting and it was a little too weird for me. Okay, what was the whole point of these all right, these what do they call the war 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 dogs? A war I can't remember the name the name of uh I, I keep saying toe cutter in Morton Joe's Morton Joe's crew. His, his crew is cult, whatever. I, I don't know. Or some guy on a on a uh, guitar? Like what was the point of that? I don't get it. Like is it something I'm missing? So I'll let I'll I'll walk through the story. So to Jordan's point, we are dropped into uh, we're back in Australia. It is now many, many years after the the original film. Uh, I don't they don't really tell you how long it's been. There are references uh, to the first film as it opens up. Uh, there is a short speech by uh, Tom Hardy, who plays Max, talking about what he's lost probably talking about his wife in that motorcycle accident. Anyway, so we find Max is essentially a prisoner of a Morton Joe, who is, I guess you can call him the king or the overlord of this area that, that these people live in. Essentially, it is a waterless desert with a huge, like these huge, like really beautiful rock mountains. Uh, and then there's a bunch of people that live, that live there. And Morton Joe is, you know, their king, their ruler, whatever. And he, he has control of really the only resource that they have, which is water. He can buy, you know, by using a single switch, he can have water pour down onto the people like, like, a, like a waterfall. Um, there's a scene where, in the beginning, where he does give some water to what must be over a thousand people are waiting at the bottom of this huge waterfall. And he turns on the water for maybe 10 seconds and then shuts it off. <laughs> um, it is a... I was that was foul. I was so upset by that scene. So then we move on, and we've established that Morton Joe is is not the nicest man in in this in, in this movie. Um, and clearly, he's this guy's like really old. Uh, he's using a ventilator, like like, like a, a portable uh, ventilator. Uh, he has all these like teenage wives who who he uses to to produce new children. It's a really weird scenario situation there. So what ends up happening is Morton Joe ends up sending sending out a caravan of his most trusted warriors uh, out to get supplies. So some people are going to go get, grab, I guess, uh, bullets for their guns, and then another group are going to go to pick up some something else. Now, Charlie Theron is another one of the main characters. She's one of these, uh, one of the heads of uh, Immortan Joe's crew. Uh, she decides to make literally a left turn and go to her own merry way, going east of where they currently are. We find out because she is smuggling uh, a bunch of teenagers 
uh, away from Morton Joe so that don't they don't become you know sex slaves to this brute this like this guy. Uh, so she's doing a noble thing. She's risking her life. She's risking the she's risking the life of all the the women and girls that are in this truck. Eventually, we we see Max. He is tied to the front of it looks like a truck. So think about think about this part of the scene as the Macy's Day uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, except all the floats are like really fast, like trucks and cars with like weapons and spears or whatnot. And Jordan mentioned earlier, there's this guy playing the guitar, like a guitar that is it's just like stuck or it's attached to the to the structure, and he's playing it. Yeah, it's like chained to this like moving like float this thing, and they're trying now to intercept Furiosa and and, and the girls. Uh, eventually, Mad Max gets free. Uh, he ends up joining Furiosa, and then they basically go on a mission to try and bring these girls to safety. They eventually realize that where they're going really doesn't doesn't exist anymore. It makes more sense to go back and try to just bum rush uh, the, the the people that are back in the mountain with where the water is. And because it's not being defended, because, you know, Immortan Joe has sent out his entire army out to find uh, Furiosa, Max, and these girls. So no one, is, no one is defending the home the home turf here. So what ends up happening, as you can imagine, Immortan Joe gets killed in a very, very pleasing way. He has this mask that he uses to breathe all the time, and they pretty much just like rip it off of his face. It's surgically attached to his face, so when you when they pull it off, you it, it's disgusting, but it's a great scene. So they make it back, uh, and they essentially liberate the, the town, if you want to call it that. They open up the water reservoir. They don't close it. They just leave it open for people to take water. So everyone now gets water. They're getting a resource they need, and it ends on a pretty positive note. Max ends up kind of going his own way. Furiosa ends up staying. I, I guess she takes on a leadership role. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the story in a nutshell. Just listening to you describe the story, tell that whole that 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 was one of the strangest plots I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, like you know, just hearing you say it, like you 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 were very detailed, and and I was just like, oh my god, do I really want to watch this? Like, like I'm pretending like I've never seen this movie before, and I'm like, hmm. when, you, when you watched it, what yesterday? It's just like, yeah, yeah, I watched it yesterday. This is this is this is not. It's not as great as people say it is. I mean, it's it's interesting, I guess. It's different, right? And like again, this and this is why I'm not really a Mad Max person. Like this premise doesn't appeal to me. I've never been into like cars or anything. Like I'm not a car person. I don't care for, you know, that genre. I don't like the Fast and the Furious movies, any of them whatsoever. I'll, I will say that over and over, and I get a lot of I get a lot of flack for saying that. But yeah, I mean, this just kind of this genre doesn't really appeal to me. Like this to me, what I what I would rather have seen would have been if you ever played the game Twisted Metal. Yes, I have played. I have played Twisted Metal. I want to see that as a film. That would be an amazing movie. And that's like Mad Max is like halfway there. You have the cars, you have like the mayhem, but now you need to make it into a contest. So like I would be thrilled to see a Twisted Metal movie. Me too. What, what did you think about the overall characters? Like, did you like Mad Max this time around versus the original film? I like Tom Hardy in this, right? And like, you know, I um I haven't seen many films with him and not not because I choose not to not to. Like I think he's a he's actually a great actor. I think he was he was he fit this role really well. I feel like 
he was more full of energy. He feel he was like a person, right? He was a person that was clearly in the stress. His wife was killed years ago. He's now a prisoner of this of this guy who who who's walks around like half naked. I I really liked Tom Hardy um as, as Max. Um, I thought Charlie Theron did an amazing job as Fur- Furiosa. Um, I think that for, like halfway through, I guess her personality went from being very dull and monotone and kind of like really really serious to i guess once she started opening up and getting more you know close with max she kind of started to see her and like how like talented she was as, as a leader and how benef- like beneficial she can be for the, the people back at the you know the town but i thought you know that she was played really well you know and a morton joe like the fact that he pit you know, like he he like makes you upset Right. Like he's one of those guys that like he just looks menacing and like he is a villain. Right. Is as like he's a he's a stupid villain. Like he's kind of (laughs) he's kind of dumb. His whole family, they're all like inbreds. But, you know, he's he's a he's a he he looks like a villain. Like he looks fierce. You know, the man was willing to do anything to to get his concubines back. But, yeah, he wasn't a very smart guy. I'll I'll, I'll give him that was not a very smart man yeah there were too many for me there were too many moments that were taking me out the film what was the point of maybe i missed this what was the point of spray painting their mouths with some silver spray like what the heck was that all about i I don't know it was too many moments that made me go what what's the point i don't get it like did am i did i miss something did you remember that yeah i don't get that so like I saw that happen twice, and this may be something that happened in the previous films that I don't know about because I I too was kind of confused at where that where that came from. So basically, I just Google searched uh, what was the the, the silver uh, spray paints in Mad Max, and this was actually this is the most the most direct answer I could find. Quote: uh, They are not huffing paint. It has nothing to do with huffing. They are spray painting their grills. Or teeth, so that they will be, as they say in the film, shiny and chrome when they go to their Valhalla, which is like, I guess, their heaven. Uh, remember, in Valhalla, they ride forever. It's a kind of statement. It has nothing to do with any toxic or intoxicant effect. So it's just, think of it as, it's like face paint. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> cool, I guess. Um, but it's just funny, like, I don't think this movie will appeal to the mass audience I think it's going to appeal to people who are already fans of the Mad Max franchise. Like if I show my wife this, she, she will tune out in like five minutes. She's like, this is not for me. I wouldn't blame her. If I show my mother this, she'll tune out in five minutes. I, I had to try really hard not to tune out for, for more than five minutes. Like it was, it had his moments that to be fair, there's a lot more action in this film than there was in the first film. Oh yeah. This is action packed. Yeah, and like so, like I'll I'll take that. That's like that's probably one of the positives of this of this movie is that it does deliver on the action. Almost every scene in the film, there's something going on. Yeah, but it does, this movie doesn't really have much replay value. I remember watching it for the first time, loving the visuals. This time, I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm a little more invested versus the first movie, but this there was nothing much to it. I I don't think I can recommend to this to anybody, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's one, it's one of those things where like I watched it because we had to for this show, um, but I would not, I would not actively seek this film out if I was even I I could be as bored as humanly possible. I I will find something to do before watching this film. Again, it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. It's just it's just not 
my just not just not my kind of film. It's not my cup of tea. I did like Furiosa. I think I think Charlize Theron was great. This this, this was practically her film. I feel like she was more prominent and more like in the in your face than than Tom Hardy was. And that maybe it's because he spent him parts of the film like caged and like locked to that like that moving you know machine um yeah he didn't talk very much like he was very like he was kind of silent but you, I, I think you're right i think it was it was charlie theron's film yeah he kept he kept grunting a lot going rrr, 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 for some strange reason i'm like okay cool like gas but yeah it's uh, and I, I really, honestly, for a movie like this, 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 it looked like I said, it looked amazing. Special effects were incredible. Story, I could, I, I was not very much interested. I mean, I, I didn't. That's the thing. Like when you critique a movie and you say, I really didn't care for the story. Oh, you hated it. No, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it but, wasn't a terrible story. It's just like no. it just wasn't. I it just it just didn't catch my interest enough. You know, no, no, it definitely didn't. I I really wish I liked this movie because I I, I like Tom Hardy and I like Charlie Theron and it's you know it's even weirder like the director George Miller he's the same guy who directed Happy Feet. Really? Oh yeah, right. You are yeah. It's like what? That's, 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 that's so like random. Yeah, that's like imagine if Martin Scorsese directed, I don't know, the, Sponge, like, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. SpongeBob SquarePants movie. It's like which is what? which is a great movie, by the way. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's a great film. But that would be. Wait, I, did you watch the new one? I have not. Um, is it good? Yeah, I, I heard it was. I heard. No, I didn't watch it okay. yet. Uh, I'm, I I got to get the Paramount Plus app. Uh, I heard it's good. Nice. Oh, I, oh, the first two were great. They were, for, for SpongeBob, right. they were they were they were fun <laughs> movies. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so Jordan, uh, what do you what do you think? Does the reboot hold up? Uh, I say this: if you're somebody who doesn't care about the plot and you care about visuals, you will love this. This movie's for you. But if you're somebody who wants engaging characters, you want a good story, a great story, especially for a movie that has an amazing visuals like this, amazing cinematography. I think I think you know what? I felt like this movie would have looked so much better in a movie theater. This movie would would was made to be in a movie theater. Like I wish I saw it in a movie because at least I would have had a better experience because it's on a bigger screen because the, the special effects were incredible. But I I can't recommend this movie to be honest. And I I, I mean I liked it for what it was or what it was trying to because it was different. It was weird. I'm I'm mixed with the I'm mixed. I I thought there were a lot of good things about it, and there were a lot of horrible things about it. Uh, this movie really is not for me, so I'm kind of stuck in the middle. But yeah, I don't think I would recommend this movie. What about you? You said everything I could say, so I'm I'm not gonna take it farther than that because everything you just said is accurate. Um, again, I I, I want to reiterate that I don't think either of us thought that the film was bad. Right. Like, again, it's one of those movies where if you go to someone's house or you go to like hang out with friends and someone puts it on, you may watch it. You may use this background noise, but like you, it's it's not bad enough where you, you know, you have, you have to like stay away from the film. It doesn't have any replay, replay value for me, uh, again, because this is just not my kind of genre of movie. You know, again, visually, it's beautiful. I think the music even music was great, too. The music fit the 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 environment right They're in like. Uh, the Australian Outback is what it looks like, and the music fit that. And especially when they had the, the the guy playing guitar, he is part of the soundtrack, and that that part was kind of cool. But again, it's it's this is not a movie that I would 
think or that would come to mind if, if I'm recommending a film to someone. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, what's what's great about the music is uh, Junkie XL was one of the composers. He also, if you're not too familiar with the name Junkie XL, uh, he did the music for uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, so the music was great. There's a lot of things that that, that are great in this movie. I, I mean, I'm, I, I could be lying to you. Like, there are things that I did enjoy, of course, but I, I can't see myself watching this movie again. But uh, unless if I'm sick in bed, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll watch it again. If it's on, right? Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll fall asleep to it. But yeah, we have, we've, we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, as always, the conversation was great. Yeah, this is awesome. I, I really had a fun time, even though I didn't love any of these movies. I hated the first. I I thought the second one was okay. Uh, excuse me, fourth one. <laughs> it was all right for what it was, but eh, yeah. So uh, people listen to this show. They're like, oh, you guys get to watch movies. I'm like, yeah, but not all the movies are good. <laughs> like sometimes you run into <laughs> situations like this where like we're forced to watch two movies, one being that one that was just terrible the other being okay like this is it's it's this is when it kind of feels like homework but i'm excited for next week because we have some homework to do so next week we're going to be talking about the just the justice league and the snyder cut oh now (laughs) this is going to be great because the snyder cut just came out what two weeks ago roughly yeah yeah about two weeks yeah and it is four hours of superhero goodness. I did watch it when it came out. I watched all four hours. I'm going to have to rewatch all four hours. <laughs> oh, <goodness>. um, <laughs> probably during the day so I don't fall asleep. Yeah. But yeah, man, we're, we're talking superheroes next week. Yeah, I'm really excited because uh, I'm not going to lie. I, w- I wasn't too sure if we were going to do this because essentially the Snyder Cut isn't really a reboot but it kind of is so it's a completely different story it's a completely different story yeah 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 it it is um we'll we'll get to that uh next show yeah i'm excited to talk about these two movies this is gonna be fun and um you're gonna be you might be in shock with what what i'll say for both movies you might be in shock i only made it through half of the justice league film the 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 original one i I, I had to turn it off Uh, maybe I i have to give it its full credit its full chance so this will be me watching that that movie in its entirety and uh hopefully it gets better we'll see (laughs) that's gonna be a lot of fun it's been a while since i've watched that original justice league movie not gonna tell you my thoughts so you're just gonna have to wait till next week guys well until then thank you again for listening to another episode of reboot rewind we are on instagram just look up reboot rewind pod we are on facebook just look up reboot rewind podcast and we are we're on our own website www.rebootrewindpodcast.com thanks again and have a great week take care guys see you later you've been listening to the reboot rewind podcast to get in touch or suggest a reboot send us an email at info at reboot that's info at rebootrewindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.